0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. What no one told you about borderline personality disorder and autism spectrum disorder. For those who don't know me, my name is Steph and I'm a psychologist here to break it down. Now today on the What's Eating You podcast, I'm going to be talking about BPD, Borderline Personality Disorder, and ASD, Autism Spectrum Disorder. I decided to talk about this topic because it sparked quite a lot of interest on my TikTok video. I did a video on the differences between the two conditions and also the similarities, and I had a lot of questions on the post, so I decided to do a more in-depth podcast episode on it. Before we dive into today, I wanted to give you a reminder to please follow the podcast and rate us on your favorite platform. Also, don't forget to screenshot your favorite episode and share them with your friends and family. It means so much to me to see your positive feedback. And if I'm completely honest, I was having a little bit of a down day yesterday Kind of wondering, is this all worth it? Should I keep going with this? Because the podcast really is a passion project of mine. I just love to educate and validate on a deeper level. And then someone sent me a message and said, I absolutely love your podcast. And that was just the sign I needed to keep going. So a reminder, if you have favorite creators, don't forget to tell them or show your appreciation by liking, saving or taking a screenshot because it really does go a long way. In this episode, I will be referring to autism as autism spectrum condition, as I believe it's a little bit less stigmatizing. It is autism spectrum disorder in the DSM-5, so I will be mindful of the language I use today and borderline personality disorder. I will be saying BPD for short, and I'll also probably be saying ASD for short too. Let's start with the basics. What is borderline personality disorder? BPD is a mental disorder characterized by intense and unstable emotions, impulsive behavior, distorted self-image, and interpersonal turbulence. Now, when we look at the statistics, BPD affects about 1.6% of the adult population in the United States, and in Australia, it is estimated that 1 in 100 people have BPD. Now, remember, statistics come from the diagnosed cases that we have. Many people go misdiagnosed or undiagnosed, and the condition is actually more prevalent in females than males. On the other hand, autism spectrum condition is a developmental disorder. So essentially, you are born with it, whereas BPD develops and is usually diagnosed later in life, whereas ASD typically is diagnosed in childhood. However, I'm going to talk about the exception to that in females in a moment. As mentioned, ASD is developmental and it is a condition that affects communication, social interaction, and behavior. It is estimated that one in 54 children in the US are diagnosed with ASD, whereas in Australia, the prevalence of autism is estimated to be 1 in 70 people. Interestingly, women with autism are often misdiagnosed with borderline personality disorder because they present with similar symptoms such as emotional dysregulation and problems with social interaction. I want to talk about something called the female phenotype. Because women with autism are often misdiagnosed with borderline personality disorder because they present with similar symptoms. Now, there is this new phenomenon called the female phenotype. Well, it's not that new. It's been around for a few years, but not a lot of people talk about it. Now, what this means is autism has a different presentation in women compared to males Now, the female phenotype of autism includes a better ability to mimic social norms. And because women essentially learn how to present socially, what is socially acceptable behavior, this leads to the misdiagnosis of BPD. So what that means is a woman who will go in for an assessment may say, I'm having trouble with my emotions or socially, I can't regulate X, Y, Z. And they may get a diagnosis of BPD, especially if it's their age, because later on in life, it's more common to diagnose BPD than it is to diagnose ASD. Now, I want to go through some frequently asked questions that I had in the comments of this TikTok post. The first one was, can you have both ASD and BPD? Yes, BPD and ASD co-occur at high rates. And a person with the autism condition is more vulnerable to developing borderline personality disorder. So a person may have both ASD and BPD. When the underlying autism is missed, BPD symptoms are likely to be exacerbated. Because imagine having these social difficulties, these communication challenges, that's going to lead you to feel more anxious, more dysregulated and your BPD is going to essentially appear, quote unquote, worse. Why does this happen? Unfortunately, many clinicians are not considering autism when assessing for BPD. Now, I will say autism spectrum condition is a really specialized area and not a lot of psychologists have the knowledge, the expertise or the training to diagnose it. In order to diagnose it, you need to be trained in specific assessments. There's an assessment called the ADOS, and there are other assessments for autism spectrum condition, but a lot of psychologists are not trained in it. It's not something they teach you in your undergrad, in your honors, in your master's. It is an area you need to go out and pursue on your own. Therefore, if you're a clinician listening to this or a provisional psychologist, it's always important that autism spectrum condition be ruled out or on a differential diagnosis when assessing for borderline personality disorder. A differential diagnosis just means other diagnoses have been considered when assessing this person. This is particularly important given that someone with autism spectrum condition or with that neurotype makes a person more vulnerable to developing BPD. This leads me to the next question, and a lot of people actually commented their experience on the TikTok post. Is this caused by trauma? Now, I feel a little bit annoyed. I can't give you an exact answer because the causes of BPD and ASD are complex and still not fully understood. But I'm going to be completely honest here. There is not one person who I've worked with or who I've spoken to that has borderline personality disorder and has not had some sort of adverse life experience growing up. I just don't see it. My colleagues don't see it. And I think we can confidently say that trauma can definitely increase someone's vulnerability to developing BPD. ASD, on the other hand, I don't feel I can comment on as confidently because it's not an area I typically work with. I don't see many clients with ASD. This isn't my area. However, the ones I have seen have had vulnerable life situations or traumatic incidents, for example, parents who were drug users. So while trauma can be a contributing factor to BPD or ASD, it is not necessarily the sole cause. Wait, before we go into the remainder of this episode, I have to tell you about something so cool that I want you to be a part of. I was getting inundated with questions about how do I manifest my dream life? How do I track lucky girl syndrome? What if I have anxiety? I can't concentrate. I procrastinate and I needed to do something about this. So I unleashed My unchaining your brain method in the form of an online course. So over the years of becoming a psychologist, I have developed the ultimate method that helps you attract your dream life, relieve anxiety and rewire negative thoughts in your brain. Imagine if one strategy could help you change the way you think, feel and respond to situations forever. Well, now it can. March 14th, I am starting the Unchain Your Brain course. These are four easy modules which you can do through your own phone or computer. Our next Unchain Your Brain program starts in the next two weeks, so make sure you don't miss out. Click on the link in the show notes to find out when the next course is, and I cannot wait to see you there. For argument's sake, let's just say that trauma does increase someone's vulnerability to developing these conditions. Let's explore why. Why does someone who has had trauma be in a position where they may develop BPD or ASD? Let's start with BPD. Trauma is thought to contribute to the development of the disorder by impacting the development of emotional regulation and interpersonal functioning. For example, trauma such as physical or sexual abuse, neglect, or abandonment can disrupt the normal development of the brain and lead to difficulties regulating emotions and forming healthy relationships. I'll give you an example. If you grew up with a narcissistic parent or a parent who was immature And basically you were put in a parentified role where you had to suppress your needs. You didn't set your parent off. You had to walk on eggshells because you didn't know what mood daddy was going to be in. Or if your parents were constantly drunk, you lived in a state of dysregulation. You lived in your flight or fight. And when you live in your fight or flight, you have cortisol and adrenaline and excessive exposure to cortisol in children is not healthy because Children need time, space to develop, for their brains to develop. And your brain can't develop when it's trying to survive and keep you alive. And a child's brain, it's too much for them to take on. So they can never really learn to be their own person. And this is why BPD can often lead to self-identity issues, because the child, their identity is, don't make mum upset. They never learn to develop their own sense of self. And the difficulties in how to relate to others, how to communicate effectively, how to calm yourself down appropriately, they would have witnessed their parents going off or always being angry or using forms of punishment that were inappropriate. Now, this can result in the characteristic symptoms of BPD, such as intense, unstable emotions, impulsivity, and a distorted sense of self. Now, what about trauma and ASD? In the case of ASD, trauma is thought to contribute to the development of the disorder by impacting the development of social and communication skills. Early childhood trauma, such as abuse or neglect, similar to BPD, can disrupt the normal development of the brain and lead to difficulties with social interaction, communication and repetitive behaviours. So unlike BPD, with ASD we see more fixed interests, more sensory concerns, more repetitive behaviours, more stimming behaviours, which is a self-soothing behaviour. And it can include hitting, biting, repetitive movements. Now, such disruptions to normal brain development can lead to the characteristic symptoms we see in ASD, such as difficulty making eye contact, trouble with nonverbal communication, and a preference for routine and repetition. Now, as I said earlier, it's important not to just say trauma is the cause. It can be part of the cause, but other factors can be genetics, environmental factors, and comorbid conditions can come along with it as well. The final thing I want to cover is the truth about getting help. I'm very honest when it comes to this, and I'm going to tell you why. If you are considering whether you have autism spectrum condition, or borderline personality disorder, it's really important to ask yourself the following questions before you go for an assessment or diagnosis. One, how will I feel if I'm diagnosed with it? How will I feel if I'm not diagnosed with it? To be completely honest, because autism is a neurodevelopmental disorder, there's no one evidence-based psychological therapy for it. What we deal with is symptom management and comorbid conditions. So, for example, a lot of people with ASD also have anxiety because they grew up never really feeling like they fit in, and that's caused a lot of anxiety, maybe low mood, maybe depression. Therefore, you need to ask yourself, what is the reason I want to get diagnosed? If the treatment sort of is social skills, maybe dealing with anxiety, etc. Am I already doing that? Am I already seeing a therapist to work on this? Some people will self-diagnose or say, you know what, I think I'm on the spectrum, but I don't need to get a full assessment and diagnosis. Assessment for autism is very costly and it can be quite time consuming. So you really need to ask yourself, what is the purpose of this assessment? Same with borderline personality disorder. I think it is more worthwhile exploring that because there are evidence-based interventions for that that can help you. But again, if you are going down the path of looking into BPD, you need to ask yourself, if I'm diagnosed, am I prepared to do the work and learn about this condition and change my ways? Because therapy only works if you work and BPD in particular, it takes time, it takes effort and it is hard. Life is hard having BPD, but life is hard treating it and managing it. And I use the word treated lightly. I prefer the word management. Like with any mental health condition, we want to manage it. It takes time. You've been taught your whole life how to deal with, or should I say not how to deal with situations effectively. So you've got to untrain that and that can be lengthy and time consuming. The third question I would ask is, would a diagnosis of autism or BPD change my life in any way? As I mentioned earlier, I ask you this because usually the interventions deal with the symptoms or side effects of these conditions, right? There's no one medication for autism. There's no one medication for BPD. The medication is for the secondary impact, such as anxiety or low mood. So in summary... We've explored the reasons why BPD can often get misdiagnosed as ASD and questions to consider if you're thinking about getting an assessment and diagnosis. If you are, the best place to start is to read the literature and see what you resonate with. You can also start to track your symptoms and what you notice because When you go to a doctor or a psychologist or a psychiatrist, the first thing they're going to ask you is tell me a little bit about why you think you have this. And if you've got data or if you can recall back to childhood what you experienced, that would be really helpful for the clinician you're seeing. Make sure you see someone with expertise in this area so they can help guide you with the appropriate support. I hope you found this episode informative and useful As mentioned, please tag me on Instagram, take a screenshot and share it with your family and friends. If you have a podcast request, please let me know on my TikTok videos or send me a message on Instagram. If you have a story to submit, you can do it at Ask Steph. And I am so grateful that you are here. Don't forget to tune into our episode. We upload twice a week and next week we'll bring you another interesting topic on what's eating you. See you then, guys. Bye.